Hi, welcome to Death and Desserts, where we discuss the dark, disturbing, and beautiful elements of death whilst eating the dessert. I'm Zarya. And I'm Sana. And today we are reading listener stories about ghosts. Today's dessert is from Farm to Cake Bakery in Waynesville. And going with our campfire theme from last time we talked about ghosts, they're s'mores brownies. They have homemade marshmallows on top of them that have been caramelized and very dense brownies, and I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> it takes some dedication to make a marshmallow. I'm not about that life. Right? I'm about the life of eating them, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> also, disclaimer, you're going to hear him. The monster is in the room with us today. His dad was just too tired. It is hot as hell out there, and he works outside, so I took the baby with me. There are worse things than that baby as a co-host. I know, right? Special guest star. So, are you ready for some weird death news? Yes, I am. So, in July, a news story hit about a Colorado woman who owned a funeral home, and she was basically shopping for bodies by hitting hospices and vulnerable people that didn't have options and couldn't afford to cremate people at full price and so she would offer them a discount and she would offer to do it for free or whatever anyway so what was happening is she was selling the body parts off to the black market and then she was returning fake ashes or partial ashes mixed with concrete back to the families fake ashes yeah so she would ship the body she wasn't cremating them in other words Mm. she was harvesting their parts like spines whatnot and selling it on the black market. Um, it can't have just been the black market that was buying these parts because she also faces charges of selling and shipping bodies that tested positive for like hepatitis B, C, and HIV. And she was telling the buyers that all the body parts were disease free. So it might have also been legit donations for like prosthesis or something. Because if it was black market, you're not going to complain to the police. No, you're not. But like if you're selling tissues like organs and stuff like that. Yep. Pretty screwed up. Wow. Oh, she was also extracting and selling gold teeth out of the bodies and whatnot. So she was harvesting everything she could and turning around and um, giving back fake ashes or concrete mix to the families. <gasps> concrete. Ooh. So, I'd mix the concrete and beat her to death with it. No. Right. <laughs> so she is facing charges of body harvesting. So from 2010 to 2018... Her and her mother used thousands of dollars she made to fund trips to things like Disney World. Oh, that's just dark. Yeah, very dark. So her and her mother were just in cahoots here. Like, they have some of her, or I guess maybe her emails or something. She had written a note, meeting with hospice on the forest, opening the floodgates of donors. They have four or five... Donors. Yeah. They have four or five deaths a day. Get ready. How about a deal on fully embalmed spines? 950? Like, if you look at a picture of her, she got the big old teased, big hair image Facebook. So they got this off her Facebook, and she's just... What the... Right. Okay, so while we're processing this crazy woman and her shenanigans... I need to talk about these brownies. Have you tried that yet? Not yet. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I am both sad and glad I only bought one each. Mm-hmm. They are so rich. They are so salty in a good way. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of chocolate with a lot of salt. You can totally taste the cinnamon in the marshmallows. 
I mean, these are s'mores brownies. They're really good. Oh, God, they're so good. I don't even like marshmallows, but this makes me realize that I just don't like store-bought marshmallows. marshmallows. Mm, mm. I mean, just the marshmallows are amazing, but I I love chocolate, so... (laughs) You couldn't eat much of this. This is dense. It's, like, dense. This is... it's rich. It's so good. So, we should start. I got a few emails and some DMs. and <laughs> Stop eating for two seconds, Sana. <laughs> this is from our listener, Sherry. Hi, this happened several years ago, but here we go. I was driving back to my workplace at the time. It was about dusk and had stopped at a stop sign. I think the street was Wells Street and Pigeon Street, near Main Street in Waynesville. When I stopped, I all of a sudden had a chill go through my entire body, hair stood on end, and my innards felt like jelly. My husband was in the car with me, and I looked at him, said, whew, what was that? I just had a cold chill run right over me. Well, we continued on to work, Finished up there, nothing else unusual happened. Got ready for bed, normal evening. Then, about 2, 3 a.m., I was awoken with a noise that sounded like a plastic bat hitting a ball. Like the sets we had as kids, you know, the, the wiffle bat. I looked toward my husband, who was still asleep. There was this swirling mass in front of my eyes, and then there was a figure standing in the bed. Like, the figure was see-through, I could see my husband's head through this figure. Only the upper half was visible. The rest of him was going through the bed to the floor, I assume. This figure put his hands on the blinds, which was directly behind the headboard, and pulled them back to look out the window. He had short black hair. His shirt was long sleeves and had a cuff and a button on the cuff. I could see the seams on the cuff and see his profile enough to discern the short hair. And then, after he looked out the window, he was gone. Still do not know who he was or if he stayed in the house. That house has its own spirits and story. Oh, I I would like to know more. (laughs) We will circle back to ghost stories, so maybe we'll hear about her house. She's got one more for us. I also have one that happened when I was a teenager. I was at my house that had been my papa's house, and before that, his parents had lived there. The way the house was built, when you sat in the living room, there was a spot that you could see out the front door into the kitchen window. I was sitting on the couch in that particular spot and got the feeling that I was being watched. I was home by myself, and this was a small house, so I knew there was no one else there. One level, three bedrooms, one bath, maybe 1,500 square feet, and a gravel driveway. I was definitely home alone. And when I looked up, there was an old lady standing at the sink looking at me. We made eye contact. (laughs) It's when they look at you like that. Mm, That's not okay. (laughs) I was frozen and then ran into the kitchen, and there was a... She ran towards it. I would have totally run the opposite direction. We don't know how the house was built. Maybe she couldn't. Maybe. If there was an opposite direction, that is where I would have run. (laughs) Maybe through a window or something. I don't know. Through a window? (laughs) If a ghostly old lady just made eye contact with me. Well, 
I don't really. I'm a freezer. You know the fight. Pop, pop. Yeah, I'm a freezer. So I probably would have just stared at her for like an hour. Well, you wouldn't have run tor- towards her though. No, no. Sherry is brave. I was frozen and then ran into the kitchen and there was nobody there. Tell my mom about it and she told me I was seeing things. Well, later, like a couple weeks or so, we were looking through some old photos that my aunt had and I saw the lady. It was my great-grandmother that died before I remember meeting her. Or she died before I was born. Either way, I did not know her in life. Never saw her again, but we did have mists that would float through the house occasionally. I believe that land had attachments. My papa died in the backyard before this happened. My uncle's pony died the same night he was killed in a car accident. I saw the ghost of my dog who had gone missing while we were on vacation and we were told that he had made it to the main road and been hit by a car and had to be euthanized. I believe differently. Wow. (laughs) So she got a very active house. She does. Or her papa does. I I wonder who that guy was because she clearly picked him up in Waynesville. Yeah, he just hitched along. Yeah, he did. I, I don't know how close they live to... I know exactly where she's talking about, but I don't... I don't know how close their house is to it, so... He hitched a ride. I mean, maybe there's, like, ley lines or something in that house. Maybe. All right, you want to attempt to navigate around the baby's noises? <laughs> so my first one comes from Kelsey, and um, this is also going to involve some feelings of being watched... When I first got Willie, Willie is her beloved chihuahua, mm-hmm. when I first got Willie from the rescue, he would sleep in my bed completely fine, but around the same time every night for almost a month, he would wake up and just stare at my closet every night without fail for maybe 10 to 15 minutes, just stare. And sometimes when he was awake, I'd notice glances to the same spot. What's extra scary was that that was the spot I always felt like something was watching me. And at this time, I wasn't talking to Willie the way I do now, so he didn't know all the tea yet. (laughs) (laughs) But one day, the dogs and I are home alone, and he's asleep, like snoring belly up, sleeping well. He jumped to his feet, hair completely standing up, looking as ferocious as Chihuahua could, snarling, barking, growling. Okay, they can look ferocious. I mean, they're tiny, but we all know they're devil dogs. Yeah, they're devil dogs for sure. Lunging at that corner of the closet from where he watches it on my bed. I was absolutely spooked. And then she goes on to say, That spot in my old room when you'd be facing away from it was like someone would walk up to the bed when you weren't looking and just watch you. It never felt like a mean presence, but apparently Willie didn't like it, so who knows. Um, I've also heard my grandma's voice yell for me after she died. When she was alive, she'd stand at the bottom of the stairs and usually yell up one of our nicknames, or just my name and middle name, clear as day, with all the hillbilly accent, whistling, missing tooth spots. I heard it exactly. And guess what I was doing? Laying in bed, facing away from the closet. I just crossed my fingers and hoped for the best because I didn't want either thing to know I was awake because you can never be too sure it's actually a loved one versus someone wanting you to think that. Mm, true though yeah it made me start thinking like i mean it sounds like she didn't use any information that was like really super secret right so i guess the answer here is everybody should get a demon chihuahua Mm -hmm. for a closet lookout it'll be scarier than anything that ever comes into your house so it'll be fine she has a point there wasn't it a chihuahua that bit you at our place of business 
it, it, it was a little dog, but it wasn't a chihuahua. Mm. Almost lost a finger. Stay away from the little ones. Right? That's why Kelsey's an angel. She has so many little scary dogs, and she just loves them with her whole soul. They're all geriatric. Oh, that's sweet. My neighbor had, like, a herd of chihuahuas across the street, and they would bark all the time. I, I don't know if he got rid of all of them or if he put them in, like, soundproofing or something <laughs> like that, because I don't hear them at 3 o'clock in the morning anymore. Like, there was, like, 10 yeah. chihuahuas. I was like, this is too much. My in-laws have a chihuahua-pomeranian mix, and she's very rotund. <laughs> and so, but she's very cute. I don't know, man. If I needed, like, a spiritual guard dog, it probably would be a chihuahua. Those little fuckers will fuck you up. <laughs> like, Truth. you can't pretend or, like, depend on a St. Bernard or something like that. They're gonna be like, oh, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> This is true. This is true. You get a big, scary-looking dog and it's a baby and will be under the covers you shivering. Especially pit bulls. Yeah. Every pit bull I've ever met is afraid of thunder. Yeah. My parents um, had a Doberman that used to be scared of my mother's bubble baths and he would cry. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. So this is from our listener, Beth, who we are also interviewing in a couple weeks. I know we said that we were doing her next, but we're actually doing green burials next. This is from Beth. When you asked for ghost stories, I knew I had the perfect one because this may be the most profound experience I've had. And it was so recent. For background, my sister died in October 2021 in a car accident, leaving behind a son, and one of my dear high school friends died in a car accident in late June 2022, leaving behind a son and a husband. So it brought up so many feelings. I dated this girl's older brother, so I knew what it felt like to have a sister ripped away, and I love that whole family. I had an old crone tell me in my grieving about my sister that it takes about six months for people to really be able to reach out. Oh, I get it. Like, spiritually. I don't know how true that is. I was by myself in my room and was speaking to my sister, asking her to greet Jessica if she saw her. I had just gotten out of the shower, so I went to sit at my vanity and when I did after making that statement the air was so cold around me I could see my breath whoa, whoa. it's been hot as fuck this summer there's no way mm-hmm. even if it was a draft or something mm-hmm. oh my god okay I tried desperately to recreate it by putting my hand in front of my face and trying to fog up my glasses and breathing over my drink which wasn't hot but it didn't happen It just gave me some comfort to know that maybe our loved ones are well cared for and can hear me. Oh, that's nice. Just like that. Just so quick. I think she heard. I do. I I can't believe Amy's been gone that long. Almost a year. Beth, uh, thank you very much for sharing the story. I know it was hard. Do you think dream experience visitations are like ghosty supernatural? For other people, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, not for me, just because my dreams are like 90% what I watched on TV that day. I got you. I don't think that I've ever actually had a prophetic dream or a spiritual dream or any of that. But other people have described dreams that couldn't be anything except spiritual contact. I have one from my mother. 
Ooh, I would love to hear it. Um, I mean, I know this is a listener episode, but it just came to me. So, it had not been a very long time after my mother had died, and I was handling that very badly, as you know. There was all kinds of, like, guilt and shame and just really bad feelings involving it. And so, for a long time, I told myself that it was subconscious. But, at any rate, um, I don't remember much of what happened in the dream. But this was when I was still working at our former place of employment. And um, so in the dream, I just kept hugging my mother and telling her how much I missed her and loved her. And she kept like kissing my hair and telling me it was okay and that I was okay and that she was okay and for me not to worry about stuff and for me to calm down, you know. And um, when the dream felt like it was coming to an end, I kept telling her, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, you know, I haven't seen you in forever, I miss you, you know, this is the only time I'm going to talk to you, I don't want to wake up, and so I knew I was dreaming, but in the dream, my mother says to me, you have to get up, baby, Um, you have to, if you don't wake up right now, you're going to be late to work, and I kept asking her, no, I don't want to wake up, I don't want to wake up, and she kept saying, you have to wake up, you're going to be late to work, and when I woke up, the power had been off overnight and my oh, alarm shit. had like blanked out and so if I wouldn't have woken up I would have been late to work oh my god <laughs> so I don't know yeah your mom totally woke you up so so I think it was a double thing a she you know wanted to say hi wanted to say hi and assure me that I was she was beyond all the stuff and that she was okay whatever happens and b that I needed to get up because the power had ruined my alarm clock it's bananas. It is bananas. I think our former manager probably would have been fine with you being late. Maybe. <laughs> Especially if you, like, stayed behind to talk to your mom in your dreams for a minute. Right? <laughs> and depending on which manager. Like, the one I'm talking about probably would have been totally cool with it. I know what but, you're like, saying. Exactly. The upper ones may have had issues because, you know, you don't become a manager being a nice person. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I have one from my Uncle Chuck, and he sent it to us in um, our DMs on Instagram, and I did read this ahead of time, and it's pretty spooky, actually, Um, and I I love tourist experiences that aren't intended to be ghost experiences. Okay, Sana's Uncle Chuck here. To understand my ghost story, you need to understand camera technology of 1988, Camera still had rolls of film that had to be that had to get developed in a store after the roll was completely shot of 24 or 36 picks. But by 88, most cameras were battery operated, so they would automatically advance one spot after you took a pick. When the roll was complete, the camera would automatically roll the film back up into the capsule. I actually remember this because I had a camera back then when I was eight years old. My wife and I were on tour with a college alumni choir in Europe as a wedding present from my in-laws. We were in Florian, Italy at the St. Florian Abbey where composer Anton Bruckner was a student and returned years later to teach and be the organist. He asked to be buried in the catacombs underneath the pipe organ he had built. How fucking cool. And they were like, yeah, sure. (laughs) <laughs> no problem. In the catacombs, in the room, at the end, under the organ pipes, was a very special wall. 
When they built the abbey in 1600s, they found a Crusades-era cemetery from the 900s. All the 900s bodies were disinterred to build the abbey. 3,000 skulls were stacked against the back wall of the catacombs. Bruckner's bronze casket lies just in front of the wall. There were a dozen of us on the tour. We were in the middle of the tour, so no one was at the end of their film roll. And, you know, because you couldn't, like, take a million pictures back then. You had to save it. <laughs> you had to decide what was worth it. Five of us had cameras. As we all tried to take a pic of the coffin and the wall, all five cameras jammed. Two to three creepy seconds later, all five cameras spontaneously began to auto-rewind their film. Yikes! Yikes, yikes, yikes. The tour guide hustled us out of the catacombs to a lovely day outside the abbey. It was a few weeks after the tour that I had the cash to develop the dozen rolls of film I had. In the last pick, number 13 of 24, on the Florian Abbey roll was not the wall of skulls. It was black with a bright red, think like LED colored, blob with little detail, but unmistakably in the shape of a man holding a conductor baton. Hot chills. That is bananas. Sadly, the pit got lost when my office moved in 2008, but 20 years of students got to see my photo of Bruckner's ghost. Ah, I'm so jealous. I want to see it so bad. He did include a stock photo of the coffin in front of the wall. So I will definitely be posting that so we can all see what he was seeing, but we don't get to see the ghost, the ghost of the conductor. That is badass. Like the fact that he was holding a baton. I mean, and okay. For more context, my uncle is a music teacher. He, you know, he's, he does marching band and, and stuff. And he probably holds conducting batons all the time. So for him to have this experience is like very personalized to him. Like, I'm really glad that it was so specific. That's bananas. That's so cool. I love it. But I also, absolutely I totally love did it. get chills. I know, right? Same. And it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got one last one. So, Heather said, I have a ghost story, and now that we've moved to a place of our own, I can tell it. I was working at the Sunset Inn during the summer of 2005 as a housekeeper. There were a total of three housekeepers that worked there, and we were the only people working that day, and there were no guests. One of us was off that day, and the drivers had busted, so the other housekeeper had to take the linens to the laundromat. I was the only person in this big, creepy-ass house turned into a bed and breakfast on Lake Junaluska. I was cleaning one of the bathrooms that was attached to the bedroom, and I heard a woman calling my name from the drain of the bathtub. <gasps> and when I was running out of the bedroom and into the main communal area of the house, I saw a shadowy person or something out of the corner of my eye. I ran up the stairs and called my mom to come get me because not a badass, I'm a chicken. I mean... I would have done literally the same thing, especially the fucking drain pipe. I've never heard of that. I never want to hear it again. Thanks. Right. So I, I asked her because she had messaged, she had DM'd me that. And I said, well, did anything else happen to you when you worked at the Sunset Inn? 
And she said, it mainly happened when I was cleaning a room alone. Stuff would fall off the counters and tables. The dolls in the doll room would be in different positions every time you'd come back into the room. Like, if their head was turned left, it would be turned right or facing straight ahead. If there were two people in the room, nothing weird would happen. I said, wait, you have a doll room? And first she, mistake. First mistake. So she says the doll room is literally just full of porcelain dolls with, like, cracked faces and creepy old... The, there's your problem. Right? <laughs> it's the dollhouse. That's exactly... That was my first instinct, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. Uh-uh. No, sorry, Bob. So, when my mom was a teenager, her friend Lynn lived... <laughs> yeah. Lynn lived across the street from her. Like, catty corner across the street. And behind Lynn's house were train tracks. And these train tracks were kind of uphill. Like, there was, like... It, honestly, it looked like a mound of gravel. I've seen this place. And it looked like it was built on a mound of gravel. Um, but I don't think that's the case. That's just how I recall it in my childhood. Um, so anyway, the railroad is, like, taller than the pool that they were swimming in. So she and Lynn were swimming. And it was dark or getting dark and one of them noticed a figure up on the railroad tracks and it was standing as like spread eagle as if it were crucified on on a post or something like that and <clears throat> they were like what the fuck is that and it was just silhouette um they, they couldn't make out features or anything like that because there was apparently light behind it, even though... I mean, I guess it could have been lights from the city of Amherst. Um, so they're watching this, and they're like, what the hell? And they decided to keep an eye on it. One would go under the water and, like, play or whatever, and then come back up, and then the other one would, you know, play in the water for a minute. And so one of them was always watching, and one of them was playing in the water unfortunately there was a miscommunication at one point and they both took their eyes off the thing and it was closer and they were like okay new experiment so they would play and then look and it was closer again and they were like ah what the fuck <laughs> and so this freaked them out to the point they they're like okay this isn't funny anymore it never got terribly close i don't think um but it was definitely getting closer to where they were. So they went back in the house, got dressed, and went to my mom's house. And they were sitting on the stoop, and it was quite dark by now. And here comes this giant-ass black dog from nowhere and came, like, walking up. It didn't get into the yard, I don't think. It stayed on the street. Um, and <laughs> they were like, oh shit, oh shit, this thing was huge and scary looking. And they were like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And they heard this whistle that started out very low and went really, really, really high. And the dog like looked towards the direction of the whistle, which was behind Lynn's house, and took off in that direction. And they never saw it again. Yikes. Big yikes. I have been in that house. Like, Mom and Lynn were 
friends. I mean, hell, they're probably still friends. I'm surprised they're not Facebook friends. Um, they probably are, and I don't know it. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I've been there, and I, I have seen the pool. I have, I know exactly where they're talking about, and I don't remember ever having creepy vibes, but it has been implanted in my memory now. Right. Like, I can't think about that house without thinking about that dog or the figure on mm-hmm. the railroad. And, wow. Yeah. Crazy. No. Right? <laughs> Thank you, monster. Your commentary has been priceless. <laughs> right? You're a good little monster, even though you're driving mommy a little crazy. I'm curious what he just said. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should wrap this up. (laughs) Thank you to everyone that wrote in. Uh, We will be announcing the next listeners episode topic soon. Um, I've got a few ideas. It's kind of hard to come up with stuff like this that's going to be like fun and entertaining and not make people cry. So, so we'll announce that soon. I, I, I think we got some ideas. And what's publishing next? Uh, we just did Eastern Europe Part 2. So next is Autopsies. That's coming out next weekend? The 12th. Okay. Next weekend. And then, and then we're doing Green Burials, and then we'll be interviewing Beth. What am I forgetting to announce? We got stickers on the way. That's fun. <laughs> stickers will be here. Uh, oh, thank you to Farm to Cake for providing the scrumptious brownies. Oh my goodness, that they're so good. I'm so glad fate led me there instead of anywhere else today. That was totally spot on. Loved it. Any artwork or editing is always done by Zaria. Um, We didn't do a whole lot of research this time because we didn't have to. As always, you can find us at Instagram at Death and Desserts Podcast, on Twitter at Death underscore Desserts, on TikTok at Death and Desserts, on Facebook at Death and Desserts Podcast. Sorry, your scary ass doll is in the way. Oh, you forgot to tell about the doll. Oh, well. Do you want to tell us about your creepy ass doll? No. Okay. I don't want to give her any more power, life power until I'm ready to... that's smart. Like... I don't want to bring her into existence right this Especially after all the shit we just talked about. Yeah. Porcelain doll. And all our links, including our website, are available on our Instagram bio. So join us next Friday on the 12th for autopsies. And... Remember, life is short. Have dessert.